Okay, welcome back, everybody. So we have a brand new uh, podcast episode today. Uh, this is Inside Look, South Jersey Girls Basketball. And today I have a special guest. I have Coach Casey Heitman. She's the head coach of Clearview High School Girls Basketball. And I'm going to welcome her here to the program. How are you doing, Coach? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to uh, have you as a guest. And I'm really excited to talk about, you know, the history, your history, your coaching history, and even just to have a season wrap-up. Uh, I know you had a great successful season and you've been doing really well uh, as your, as a coach there at Clearview. So I want to get started. So why don't you talk about where you grew up? So I grew up in Mantua. I went to Clearview. Um, I graduated 2003 at Clearview. I, I played soccer for one year. Um, that was more of like, they saw me playing basketball and were like, oh, she looks strong. Like she could kick a soccer ball <laughs> type of thing. So it wasn't really my sport. Um, but I played basketball and softball for four years at Clearview. Um, and it's just, it's awesome to be back coaching at my alma mater. It's, it's, it's a cool feeling. Yeah, that's a great honor. So what, tell us a little bit about like Mantua, Mullica Hill area. So what's the area like for, for the listeners that might be from out of town? Um, it, I guess I would say it's pretty, but I mean, Mullica Hill, there's a lot of farms, um, but it, it's a nice area to live. You know, Mulga Hill has their little downtown main street with all the little shops. Um, and Mantua is, is just right down the street. So it's a nice area to be in. Um, great school districts um, for elementary and Clearview too. Um, so it, it's a nice area. Yeah. One of my favorite things is going to the Amish market. Oh my gosh. Their, their food is like amazing. unbelievable. <laughs> the donuts and the breakfast. Oh my is God. it still open with COVID and everything? It is. They're only open certain days. I can never remember what. I have to look it up. But it is definitely a spot to check out, <laughs> for sure. When I was growing up, Mulca Hill was known for being like a place to go antique shopping. I don't know if it still is, but my parents used to do that when I was little. They do still have antique shops, but there's, I mean, there's a lot more on Main Street now than, than just the antique shops. Um, there's, there's, yeah, there's all kinds of little boutiques and um, different there's like a sewing place where kids can like go and do sewing activities there's an art studio there's um, a couple restaurants down there so it, it's a nice it's developed into a little bit more than just an antique place <laughs> so has the town changed a lot since you um, grew up in the town has it I guess expanded more and grown more in that time I guess yeah I, I've seen some growth in that time some more developments going up um, since when I was in the area, um, going to school then. Wow. So you graduate from Clearview and then what did, what was your next step? So I went to King's college in Wilkes-Barre, um, Pennsylvania, and I majored in elementary education, um, started out as a math major. I really love math, but I had a, a logic and axiomatics class that was just a little too much for me and <laughs> turned me away from the math major, um, but ended up being an elementary major and played basketball there too for four years. Okay. So what made you become a teacher? I, you know, I think growing up, that was always just one of the things that I wanted to do. It was either going to be that or a vet. And, um, you know, my mom was a teacher and I just feel like I grew up with a lot of really great teachers and I liked the impact that they had on me and um, just you know, growing up, looking up to teachers and having 
just some admiration for them and just wanted to be able to have that type of impact on kids. Um, I also knew that if I was a teacher that that would make coaching a possibility too. The hours are a little easier than, you know, a regular nine to five job that it's a little harder to get to the games and practices and things. So, you know, when you were searching for colleges, what made you choose King's College? Um, I, it was a small school um, and I liked that. Um, I was very, very quiet and shy in high school. Um, I'm still not the most outgoing person, but I feel like I grew by going away to a school, you know, not being able to come home every weekend. So it was a good two and a half hour ride. So far enough away, but not too far away. Um, it's a Catholic school. So I, I liked that aspect of it too. Um, and they were competitive with basketball. So that was also, you know, something that was exciting about it. So what was it like living in Wilkes-Barre? Did you, did you like the town? I, I know it's kind of like more quiet and rural. Um, I used to go to that area a lot. Yeah. Um, I, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. You know, in college, you don't really leave the campus all that much, to be honest. Um, there's not a ton going on in Wilkes-Barre. So it was a lot of stuff on campus and playing a sport in college keeps you busy. You know, you really have to structure your time and um, get your classwork done and, and then all your workouts and everything too. So definitely a lot of time on campus. Oh, that's great. I'm glad that, you know, you had a great experience and you're able to become a teacher. So, you know, now you fast forward here and um, now you're a coach. So how did you get into coaching? So when I graduated from King's, I came home and I applied at the school that my mom was teaching at, which was West Effort. And I was hired as an instructional aide and they already had a basketball coach, but I volunteered with the middle school team. So I, I was hired at the middle school um, and volunteered as the middle school, like just a volunteer coach. Um, and then I kind of worked my way up at West Stepford. I did the volunteer thing for a year or two. And then it was actually one of the players that we coached at the middle school level. Um, when his daughter got to the high school, he ended up becoming the head coach. And he reached out to me and asked me to, to help out as the JV coach there. Um, and then a few years later, he retired from coaching. Well, I shouldn't say he retired. He now coaches the boys at West Stepford, um, Jay McEwen. And, and I took over the head coaching program there. Um, and then I had an opportunity to come back to Clearview. And, you know, that I couldn't pass that up. That's, it's just something special about coaching in the town that you, or the school that you grew up in. Um, so I coached the freshman team for two years um, under Neil Brass as the head coach. And then when he stepped down, I took over the varsity program. Um, and I've been doing that for, four, this is my fourth year. Wow, that's great. So, you know, being at West Deptford and then that opportunity, you know, presents itself. Um, that's a great, that's a great opportunity. You know, how did you, was that in the plans for you? Uh, from the very beginning when you graduated, like, oh, I just can't wait till I have an opportunity to come to Clearview or just did it just pop up? So um, one of the girls that I played basketball with in high school, Crystal um, Gravenise, went to Lycoming College and we played against each other in college. And then um, she was the JV coach under Neil Brass. And, you know, we always said how cool it would be to like for the two of us to coach together, you know, back at Clearview again. Um, 
So I wouldn't say it was in the plans, but it worked out great, you know? Um, so we've been, she's been the JV coach for me for the um, past four years. This year, we actually had um, an additional coach. We, we didn't have enough players for a freshman team. So our freshman coach was able to um, stay with us this year. Um, and this was actually a fill-in freshman coach because our freshman coach had trouble with childcare for the school year with everything with COVID, it's been tough. So we had um, Megan Rulon, who's another Clearview grad, um, help us out this year. So it, it was neat for the three of us to coach together um, at the school that we went to and played together for. So, so when you're when you're actually coaching and you're with the girls, do you ever just talk about like old stories or old memories from when you played there? All the time, all the time. Crystal's um, mom, when we were growing up, was really into scrapbooking. So she has scrapbooks from every year that we played with like newspaper cutouts. And it's funny because like, you know, we don't get that many actual newspaper articles anymore, you know, but that was all we had then. And so she's got all these newspaper cutouts, pictures from our pasta parties, you know, when we would have them. And so Crystal will bring them when we have pasta parties. Obviously we, we didn't this year, but in past years, she'll bring the scrapbooks so the girls can look at them and laugh at us and our <laughs> what we looked like when we were 16 uh, but it's neat I think it's neat for the girls to see that and like understand that we know what it's like at Clearview we it's like the history behind it. I think that's that's neat for them to to see it so what what are some of like your your great memories from when you were a player uh, at Clearview um I, I honestly I'm so terrible at remembering like certain games that were won and things like that. Like what really, you know, sticks with me is the relationships from playing sports in high school and college, you know, um, I'm still friends with the girls that I, that I played with in high school, you know, and that to me, it, it's so special, you know, like it, that I think, and that's what I try to, to impress on the girls is that, you know, these, these are friends that you're going to have for a lifetime, hopefully. Um, and, and that's what I, enjoyed most about high school sports I think that's pretty cool so yeah. you know thinking about Clearview or talking about Clearview so what towns actually send to the high school so we Harrison Township um, is Mullica Hill and then Mantua Township send to Clearview so okay. I, go ahead sorry no no and so, so if those are the two towns um, how like how much interaction is there between the two like the, the kids with sports I mean did you guys like grow up together or did you play against each other in a lot of sports? Uh, like Chris, like the two towns as I was growing up, you mean? Yes. Yeah. So um, I feel like when I was growing up, it was more split like okay. Harrison and Mantua. And it was like the rivalry until you came to Clearview. And then obviously you were teammates, you know um, I feel like now it's a little more intertwined. You know, there's a Harrison youth league team and a um, CYB team, which is Mantua, but the players can be from either town, you know, so it's not as separated, which, which I think is good. Like, I think it's good for the kids to play together when they're young. Like, why not? You know, you're going to play together in middle school, high school, get them together early. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's just nice to see that you're back there. And, uh, you know, a lot of the things that you remember as a kid, you're bringing into your program. Uh, yeah. And just the relationships to me, I think, you know, that seems to be the common thread of a lot of the coaches that coach is they just love the, the, the relationships that they build with the kids and their families. And to see the kids become teammates and lifelong friends, I think, 
it's really special to the coaches. And, and I think from a teacher's perspective, you just love having those kids, you know, see, even if they see you in the supermarket or Walmart, you know, and then they bring up like a, a fun story or a fun memory, maybe something you might not have remembered. You know, yeah. I think it can bring a smile to your face and it makes it makes it worth it for sure. Agreed. Um, so why don't you talk about, you know, you know, you being a head coach and, um, you know, what your influences are like. So how do you know you become the head coach over here at Clearview? You know, you're basically starting, you know, I would say assume almost from scratch in my mind because you're bringing your your program, your system over. You know, what was it like in the in the beginning days? Um, well, I, I think I was influenced by a lot of different coaches. You know, in high school, I played for two different coaches. Um, I played for Phil Stump my first two years and then Janine Delaney my second two years. And then I also had two different coaches in college. So I feel like I was really exposed to lots of different styles, different methods. You know, I loved coaching with Jay McEwen at West Deptford. I felt like I learned a lot from him too. Um, and I, I love learning from other coaches. Like I, if I could go and watch a practice by like one of our coaches locally, I would do it in a heartbeat, like just to learn from what their strategies are. What's a good drill? How do they interact? How do they get the best out of their girls? Like I really enjoy, um, learning about coaching too so I feel like I was able to pull all of the thing all of the good things that I liked from all the coaches that I've seen and my goal is to you know put it together in a program that works best for um us our girls and and the coaches at Clearview okay so what uh, what do you would consider is your like coaching philosophy so tell us a little bit about you know what you what you do in your program so I will say when I saw this question, I had flashbacks to college when I had to write my teaching philosophy that was like seven pages long. <laughs> um, but I mean, for coaching, I just want, I want the girls to, to be the best version of themselves that they can. I want them to grow and learn every day. Um, I think, you know, that was kind of a motto for us this year was like, you know, how are we getting better today? What did you improve on today? Um, and I just want to create an atmosphere where they want to learn. It's not just about coming and going through um, the motions. You know, they want to learn. They're asking questions. They're comfortable to ask questions. You know, I've been around coaches where I was afraid to say the wrong thing or ask a question, you know, and I don't ever want that to be the case with our team. I want the girls to genuinely be learning every day. Um, and I think a lot of that is influenced by the fact that I'm a teacher, too, um, so, you know, it's, it's a place for them to learn and get better and learn life lessons too, not just, you know, how to set a good pick and roll or, you know, like I want them to learn the life lessons of working through difficult things and, you know, working for something that things aren't just given to you. Um, being on time is a big one for me. Um, like just, just little things like that, respect for everybody, for your parents, for the refs, for the uh, opposing team, you know, teaching them interview skills. Like that was something we talked about this year. You know, we had our freshman, Anna Pilecki got interviewed for the first time. And before she went to the reporter, she was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, so I was like, keep coaching them and giving them some tips for that. Like, which I think will translate into job interviews down the road. You know, um, I think basketball playing or playing team sports in general is about so much more than the sport itself you know? Um, so I just want it. I want to have a program that the girls 
enjoy being a part of and want to work hard every day. That's great. You know, you said about being on time. So are you the type of person that's, you know, early, uh, right on time, a couple minutes late? I mean, personally. I'm early. Anywhere I have to be, I'm going to be at least at least five or 10 minutes early, you know, otherwise I'd be stressing out the whole way there. Um, and I, I just don't, I think I don't want to make people wait, you know, um, that was something that my parents taught me growing up, you know, that be respectful of people's time. And I think that's important for kids to know about jobs, teachers, you know, anybody in the future. Yeah. I think that's, it's cool that you brought that up because, you know, one of the things I noticed is that when you're early, you have time to prepare, you have time to relax, Mm -hmm you have time to kind of like get yourself set. And I noticed that when the kids come like right on time, you know, they're just rushing, they're just throwing their bag down, they're trying to get their shoes on, they're trying to get the equipment going. And then it kind of like sets a tone for like the rest of the day. And I think when you're late, you get flustered. um, You just feel like, you know, everything's off. So I think, you know, just in preparation for, for life and for sports, you know, teaching them how to be early is a really good lesson. And I think a lot of people don't think about that, but really to me, I mean, it, I think it sets the tone for the day and it just helps to get them in the right mindset. Plus you can talk about things, you know, when you're running late, I mean, how many times you go, Oh my gosh, I never went over that with the kids or I never talked to this about this with the coaches. And now uh, here's the situation and we didn't go over it. And now we're, now we're dealing with this, um, you know, you know, and and we're just trying to, to adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's great. And the other thing I like you talk about was responsibility, you know, teaching the kids to be responsible. I mean, like you said, these are life lessons and, and it seems like you're really preparing your, your, uh, your players for life. So how would you describe your coaching style? Um, I, well, I would say, I don't think I'm not much of a, yeah, I don't yell at the girls. I would say, you know, I'm not yelling, um, maybe directions to them, but I'm not, I don't like open criticism. I don't think, you know, if you're saying something, it needs to be helpful for them, something that they can make an adjustment and then do on the court. Um, but at the same time, I'm also that coach that's cheering the whole time. You know what I mean? And I, I do like to, to talk to them a lot. I love when we have defense right in front of me on the court. Like that's, I think um, defense is something that we take pride in as a team and um, especially as a young team, we're learning the different positions that we need to be in for help defense. And um, so I, I like to, to be calling it out and talking to them. I know some coaches don't, you know, but I, I also take different approaches at different times. So I, I like my point guard to be able to call some plays on their own. Um, I think that's important for them to learn and develop. And, you know, if I want a certain play, I'll call that out. But for the most part, they know the plays, they know what defense the team is in, and I'm going to let them make a call unless I have a different feeling about it, you know? So I think it's, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> that's great. That, that, I like that, you know, giving the kids a, a little bit of freedom and uh, allowing them to kind of like make the in-game decisions. And then when the game gets close, you know, kind of rally them and, and help them to prepare to win. Right. So why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, the program history? So, you know, what was it like, you know, when you were there and, and you know, going forward, uh, taking over as coach? Um, so when I was there, um, we, the, when I was younger, we were not younger, when I was a freshman, sophomore, um, we were a, a pretty solid team. We had um, Katie Shirley was there. She was um, a thousand point scorer. 
she um, tore her ACL, two, both ACLs. So she was out one time, tore ACL, came back, tore ACL, um, and still managed to score her thousand points. And she was like, when I think of a post player, like a, a strong post player, that is who I, I picture every time. She was just so strong um, and just, just, just the strong, uh, one of the strongest post players I've ever played with. Um, so that was, she was there when, when I was there, she scored over, I think it was like 1700 points. Um, and then, I mean, after that, obviously I went to college for a little while, you know, I was out for a while, but then coming back when I was coached, since I've been coaching there, we've had, um, Elena Hansen. Um, she was my first year as head coach. She scored a thousand points as a post player, kind of reminded me of Katie, very strong inside, um, true, true post player. Um, but you know, as far as like past history, we have our gym that we play in is called the Hank, which is named after, um, Lorraine Hank Ledden. She played in the 1950s and is still like one of the top scorers in Gloucester County, um, she was definitely a pioneer for, for women's sports, um, for the time. And I think that's, it's great that we had the gym named after her. It reminds the girls, you know, to, to what we're working for, what we're playing for, you know, to be happy that you're able to do this and play sports and, you know. That's pretty exciting that the, actually the, the, the gym is named after a woman, because I mean, in this day and age, it seems like every gym that's renamed yeah. named after you know, a head coach uh, in the, on the boy side or a man. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's that's very impressive. And I think that's that's kind of uh, something that, you know, the girls can look forward to and say, hey, you know what? This woman did it, you know, now it's now it's our turn. So like you said, she paved the way, which is, you know, fantastic. So yeah. let's, um, let's move on and talk about, you know, last mm-hmm. year, since that was like the last full year of, you know, I would call it real basketball. Yeah. Uh, this was like, um, to me, this was like a, uh, like a swan song for the girls, like a last hurrah for the seniors. I think they gave the 15 games, in my opinion, just to give the seniors uh, a way to, you know, go out and play some last couple of games with their team. But it wasn't like, you know, it's not what things are uh, normally. So yeah. let's talk about last year. So, you know, going into the season last year, you know, what, are, what were some of your goals and expectations um, you know, cause you had some, some really key players and your team was really positioned to do well. Yeah. We had, um, Bella Steidel, um, coming back, which was a huge, um, huge player for us, you know, division one basketball player. She's playing at Loyola, Maryland now. Um, and we had Libby Marquet, which was our point guard. So, um, well, actually I should say she wasn't our point guard. She was, a shooting guard the season before she actually led our team in three pointers the year before. And then I told her, I was like, listen, you're a senior, we need a point guard. And she jumped right into the role. So that was, um, it was good to see because she, you know, a lot of the, sometimes you think kids just want to score points, you know? And she, like I said, she led the team in threes the week, the year before, and then stepped into it as a point guard and obviously didn't do that. It was more of a, um, a feed it, feeding it to Bella and our other guards. And, you know, um, and then we also had a very strong freshman class last year. Um, we had Aaron Battle, Cassidy Thompson, Emma Steidel, um, as well as some other girls that played key roles, you know, um, along the way, but we were, we had high, high goals for ourselves. Um, I think we knew 
we were talented. It was just a matter of if we were all going to be able to come and gel together as a team. So I think, you know, to me, that was one of our biggest accomplishments was coming together uh, for as young as we were. We started three freshmen. We started three freshmen and two seniors last year. And um, we ended the season with a 22 and five record um, with two of the losses happening when, when one of our key players was hurt. So um, I'm proud of the girls for last year and coming together like they did. Um, we played the SJIBT tournament was awesome last year. Um, we made it to the championship game, which was the first time that's ever happened. Um, I think the final four game was my favorite game of the season, probably. That was um, against Bishop Eustis. And it was, we just, everything was going right. It was just one of those games where everything was going right. We had like five players make a three-pointer in the game, which is not typical for us, you know? Um, and it, we were just, it was, all cylinders were firing. It was, it was a cool experience. Um, probably my favorite game of the year. So, you know, you mentioned the SJBIT. Now, is, does your team typically play in that every year? Um, since I've been coaching, we have. And I think um, previously they were also. Yeah. So we just never made it that far. Well, that, no, that's fantastic. Actually, I was at those games um, just because I just we just love basketball. And, you know, it's close. By. But for, you know, for the people that are out there listening, can you describe like what the tournament, you know, what it's like to be in that gym? Um, I mean, I, the environment is awesome because it's, it's just like you said, it's everybody that loves girls basketball, South Jersey is coming to, to see some of the most talented teams that we, that South Jersey has to offer. And it really is just genuine love of the game and it's competitive. Um, they do the three point contest. They, you know, it's just, it's a really, when we had that, those weekends, it's a really fun time. Um, and I think the girl, like, you know, players are coming and watching that, their team's not in it anymore. They just want to be a part of like seeing everything happening. Um, it, it's a really cool experience. Yeah, it, it was just fun. I mean, I remember that Bishop Eustis game and I was just going, man, this Clearview team, they just, this is their night. They're just not going to, they're just not going to miss. I mean, oh it was just like unbelievable, but the, the game itself was just, you know, really, really close. It was competitive. It was fun to watch. Uh, I mean, the girls were just really dialed in. Um, the fans were just amazing in that gym. I think you almost like lose your hearing for a while after you leave the place because, you know, I don't know if you've ever played against Eastern, but we played against them and it's so loud in there. Like you can't even hear your own players talk to each other. I mean, it's just amazing. So for you girls uh, to, to really perform well and to make it to the finals. I mean, that's just, that's just fantastic. I mean, you went the farthest you've ever gone, which is, which is amazing. And then at the finals too, I thought the game was great. It was, it was a tough game. I think, you know, that, that atmosphere was even more intense, you know, yeah. and I think it was a lot for, for our team being as young as we were, you know? Um, and I also think, unfortunately, when things weren't going as the same exact way that they did with the Bishop Eustis game, yeah. that it was like, Oh, well, I missed my shot this time, you know, like, and just not having, the experience to, to move past that and find a different way to make it work. Um, but I think it was a great experience for the girls learning experience. And I think that's super important to learn from it. So do you think that'll help your team going forward having those girls be in that situation where it was very high energy, high intensity? Um, you know, there's so many things are going on. 
I mean, the competition was really good. Um, the game itself, again, was was a great game. I mean, do you think that's going to prepare them later down the road as they become, you know, juniors and seniors? Yeah, those experiences um, are always helpful learning experiences, win or lose. You know, it's just good to get yourself in a competitive atmosphere and, you know, react to the, the situation. Um, and I think un until you're in those situations, you're not sure how you're going to react. You know, you might plan and plan and say, when there's this much time on the clock and we're down this amount, we're going to run this play or whatever the situation, you know, but until you're actually there with the, the heightened emotions and feelings and adrenaline, um, it's just, it's different. You know, it's hard to simulate that at a practice or sometimes even in regular season games. Yeah, definitely. So last year, how many seniors did you graduate from last year's team? So we graduated... Three. We had three. Bella Steidel, um, Olivia Marquet, our point guard, and Jackie Wardrop. Okay. So now you transition to this year. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, you said that you're a young team. So if you're graduating three seniors um, as a young team, I think you're going to have to try to help them, like, grow and develop, I guess, quickly, um, just so that they're able to, to compete. Um, you know, this year has been a challenge, and, and we talked about this before the podcast. Um, you know, like – there was no practice time. So why don't you talk about, or even time to prepare, uh, what was what was it like to prepare for the season and how were you able to prepare for the season, you know, with all the uncertainty? Yeah. I mean, even the off season was tough this year. We didn't have our summer leagues, you know. Um, we were able to get into a fall league, which was great. Um, but it, it was definitely different. We didn't have our practices in the summer like we normally would. We had to you know, think on the fly and do something different. We did um, a summer challenge where we grouped the girls um, in groups of like three and they worked together and they could, you know, they earned points if they ran a mile or if they did a certain basketball workout or, you know, it was just different things to get them motivated and they were checking in with each other, motivating each other. Um, so that was our preseason was doing, you know, something totally different. It was, it was tough being hands off, you know, and just, kind of hoping everybody was doing what they needed to do. Um, but I think the girls did a great job. They, they seemed excited about it. Um, and the fall league was great. It was just a nice opportunity for the girls to get back on the court before, like we really got back on the court for the regular season. Um, and then once we got into the regular season, this season just flew by. I mean, it was it was fun in the sense that sometimes basketball season feels a little long. You go through lulls where it just feels like, all right, how many practices do we need? You know, and this, it was fun. It was like practice game, practice game, practice game, you know? And it, I felt like it, it just was motivating for them, you know? All right, that didn't work out. Let's move on to the next thing. Like learn from that and move on. Um, and I think I had a lot of fun this year. Um, I feel like I know I missed the girls. I missed the team atmosphere, like having everybody together. And I think they felt the same way. So we just really tried to enjoy every second that we had, you know, that was one of our thoughts was, you know, you know, you don't know when the, the last practice or game could be if we had a COVID issue, you know, and had to quarantine, like we wanted to take advantage of every second that we had on the court. Um, so we, we had that mentality of get better every day. What are you doing today to improve? And uh, I think that strategy worked for us. You know, it was, it was, like I said, we were young, so this was about coming together as a team again, you know, another season with a young team. We had um, 
we only had like our, we have one senior this year. She got hurt early. She didn't play too much um, because of her injury. And then we had a junior starter um, and then sophomores and freshmen. So as our starting lineup. Um, so again, it was meshing together and kids taking on roles that they hadn't taken on previously. You know, um, Emma Steidel had to step up as like a, a point guard for us and, you know, do a lot of the, the control and like managing of things on the court. Uh, and she did a great job with that. I think um, she really embraces the leadership role. Um, she does a great job talking with the girls and, and um, just keeping us organized on the court. Um, she was a captain for us this year. Um, Sophia Lutz was our junior this year. She's a captain for us also. Um, and I think, you know, it was just, it was a different year, but I, I really, really did enjoy this year. We have a great, great group of girls. So how do you feel about, what, what are your thoughts about the live stream? Do you think that they, um, you know, helped uh, add, you know, an element to, to the game or did, did parents give you feedback on that? Or what do you think? I mean, I haven't, I didn't really get too much feedback. I know they were asking for the links anytime we had a game. So, you know, I think it was great that we were able to just as a basketball community come together and work that out, you know, and have it so that the parents didn't have to miss out. Um, and I enjoyed it too, because, you know, I would be like, oh, I got to watch the Cherokee Paul six game, you know, and I could just pull it up on my TV on YouTube and watch. And it just was, to me, it was a great way to, to share basketball, you know, and get it out there. Um, anybody who wanted to see it could see it. And I think, you know, that took some coaches letting go, you know, sometimes we don't want coaches don't want to share all their game films or things like that. And I think we all just knew this was going to be a different year and we were just happy to be playing. So, you know, sharing game film wasn't a big deal anymore. It was let's, let's play, let's let the parents see their kids play. Um, and I think it added to the season, you know, I think it was great to be able to see anyone play anytime. Yeah, definitely. So do you feel that the, that the, um, the atmosphere was different in the gyms now? Because, you know, for, I would say maybe half of the season or maybe a little bit more, there was no fans. Yeah. So, I mean, here you are in your home games and you're looking around and it's, it's empty and it's quiet, you know, do you feel that there was like a difference and did it, did, did you like it or you didn't like it? It definitely was different. Um, we did have about 90 fan cutouts in our stands that we had. Um, and then we also, our school has cheerleaders for basketball, which was great that that was able to still happen and make it so that it's not just silent in the gym. Um, but it certainly did change things, you know, um, sometimes it was tough because when you, you know, like we're trying to be the cheer, like being loud on the bench, that was, it made it that much more important to be involved while you're on the bench. Um, and then I, but I do think at the same time, I think the girls were fully focused on the game. You know, there wasn't, uh, they weren't worried about what was their parent thinking about a certain play or whatever. They just were focused on the game. So, but I, I, I do miss the fans being in the stands. You know, I think it's just a nice atmosphere. When we went to games where, you know, later in the season, they switched it to where a lot of schools, it was mostly just the home team would have fans, you know, um, based on numbers. And that, that made it a little, a little trickier, you know, um, playing Gloucester Catholic, for instance, um, our freshman Anna was like, yeah, it was like, we were playing against the five on the court and everybody else in the gym, you know, that's just like a small gym, very loud. Um, 
So it definitely, it was an added, you know, when you're at these games as an away team, it was an added challenge. But again, I think it's good. It's good for the kids to get challenged in different ways. I think if anything, this season showed them that they can overcome a lot of things and that if we work together, we can, we can get through it and we can make things happen. You know, like it was a fun season. Yeah, it's, it's definitely cool. I mean, I think too, that, you know, you, you said, you know, making the best of every game. And I think every game kind of had a special meaning to it because you, like you never, like you said, you don't know if that would be your last game or if you'd be shut down with COVID and things like that. Um, and I think that with the fans, you know, it, maybe it was nicer for the girls because, you know, sometimes it's like, all you do is you hear the people in the stands and it's like, you know, we got to get to a point where the girls could just play, you know, mm-hmm. and, and fans should be allowed. I, I love having the fans there. But when the fans start interacting with the referee or yelling at the players, you know, I think that's going to negatively hurt your team. And I think in the long run, you know, we, our, us parents have to learn how to be better and, you know, try to do things like, honestly, I might have been that parent, you know, uh, a couple of years ago. And that's why I started videotaping my daughter and taking pictures because I didn't want to be on the camera yelling and screaming. Yeah. And also, I realized, too, like if when I did yell and scream, it would it wouldn't help. You know, my daughter would either ignore me, she'd be mad at me after the game, or she'd, you know, maybe it would affect her negatively. So I figure, you know what, let me just, you know, I know it, it's hard, but let me just bite my tongue and let me, you know, I guess we just want the best for our kids. And I think the fans just get carried away. So I, think I mean, the parents obviously want the best and they care so much about what's happening for their kid. If they feel like the ref is jipping them out in some way or you know, they want, they want to fix it for them. So I, I, I totally get it. Like I, you know, I understand why it happens. Um, and I, it's just a part of the game. It honestly, it's just a part of the game, you know? So my question to you is, you know, do you have like a special like game or a game that really stood out for you that kind of defines your season this year? Um, so I, I think, a game that stands out to me, like I said earlier, is that we pride ourselves on our defense. And most of the time that's man-to-man. Um, we like to play tough, man-to-man, help defense. Um, but when we played Kingsway for the first time at home, you know, they have an inside player that was just tough to handle in man-to-man. And we, we did some man-to-man and then we, we threw in some zone, which is not in my past years, I really have not played zone much at all. I like the man-to-man. I like, you know, um, working together within the man-to-man. Um, so zone is, I'm starting to come out and like experiment a little bit with that. Um, and it just, it worked really well for us. And I think uh, it gave us some confidence. We, you know, we won the game. It gave us some confidence that, we can do different defenses. We can do a trapping zone. We can do a three, two, we can um, just try different things, press, you know, man to man press zone press. And I think after that, after that game, we started to experiment a little more and, you know, throw different things at opponents to try to throw them off. You know, that coach calls a timeout to, to draw something up to, to, to address the man to man press. Well, now we're going to switch to a zone press, you know, like, just trying to keep teams on their toes defensively. And maybe we get a couple turnovers out of that, you know, just the switching and being aggressive. So um, I think that Kingsway game was a big one um, for us. So my question to you is this year, Tri-County had a playoff. 
Um, do they typically have a playoff like this? We don't usually, you know, we just, whoever had the best record in the conference or in your division was your division, um, champion. And then we've never had where all four divisions play against each other. So what did you think about the new format? Um, you know, which was it something that you'd like to see, you know, continue going forward now that they've done it? It was, it was fun. Like, I'm glad we had some type of like a playoff experience and, um, and they still made it work where if you lost, you still got your 15 games, which was nice, you know? Um, so I, I did like that. We had something to like play for, you know, we got, um, we got to play different teams. We got to play Glassboro, which was awesome um, to just see somebody different, you know, within our conference. But then um, we also had within our bracket, we had Timber Creek and Kingsway who we played twice, you know, so in a 15 game season, three times playing a team, one of the same team um, was, it, it just would have been nice for some variety, but I was just super appreciative to have the 15 games first of all, and then to be able to have something to play for as a team. That, that was neat. So did you, did you get your full 15? We did. Yep. So did you, you run into any COVID issues at all with any other teams or you have to shut down or lose games. So Timber Creek, we were supposed to play early and I think they had um, quarantine happen early and we ended up playing them like back-to-back -back Saturdays when we rescheduled. Um, but that was it. I mean, everything else really kind of went as planned. It wasn't, I was, that was one of our goals for the season. That was my assistant coach. She was like, we walk in the beginning of the season. What are your goals for, you know, the team, the coaches, everybody. And she said to get through this without having any like COVID issues and we, we did, we were vigilant, like constant sanitize, wash down the balls, you know, whatever. Like it was, we were trying to be as careful as possible, wear the mask as much as you possibly can at practice. Um, and, and we made it through healthy from COVID. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, that was one of the things that we talked about. We're so happy that, you know, we were able to make it through. I mean, if you're looking at the last week of games, I mean, there was, you know, every, a lot of teams in the Cape Atlantic, they got shut down for, for, for COVID. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them didn't know if they were ever going to play again. So, you know, it was a lot of scrambling and, you know, trying to get games at the last minute and trying to figure out, all right, how can we get them in? I mean, some of them didn't even get 12 games. Some of them got like 10 games. So I think at this point, it's just a matter of being, you know, happy and thankful for what you got and, you know, just realize that, Hey, this is a new, this is a new experience for us. Let's just get through the season and let's hope for, something that's closer to, to normal next year, which is what I'm looking forward to. So thinking about your team this year, you know, what are some keys to success, you know, for the game? So like, if you're, if you're preparing at the beginning of the season, um, you're, you know, you're sitting down with your coaches, you're saying, okay, in order for us to be competitive in games, in order for us to be successful, in order for us to have an opportunity to win, we need to do X, Y, and Z. So what are some things that you would consider are important for your team for success? Um, I would say defense number one is a key for us. Um, it's just something about it. Like it, it's just, you have to work hard for it, you know? And um, I, I like that about it. I want us to be gritty and grind through tough games and um, be aggressive defensively. So to me, defending and um, we're, we're not big, we're, we're pretty small for a team. Um, so boxing out and rebounding has always been a key for us um, and getting out in transition 
Um, and then also what we learned throughout the season is, is energy was a huge thing for us. You know, towards the end of the season, we started a lot of our games by pressing because it got the energy into the girls and like woke them up. We're ready. Here we are, you know, um, and they got a taste of the aggressiveness and, and benefits of it. And that was a key for us this year was keeping the energy up, which relates also to the gym and the fans and all of that. Like you were saying, like, you know, um, having that energy, creating that energy rather than having fans cheering for it, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think that's important is creating your own energy and then, you know, working together. So what do you think about your team going forward now that you have, you know, this season you know, under your belt? Uh, how well prepared do you think they're going to be uh, moving forward into their, uh, I guess, upperclassmen years? Yeah, you know, it, it almost feels like this season was like a warm up you know, for next season. Um, so I feel like we've, we've gotten some of the experience that we've needed. Um, some girls learned new roles, stepped into new roles and, and we had to learn new roles. That was something that we talked about a lot this year um, is that, you know, everybody has a role on the team and everybody's role is super important. You know, um, you know, Anna is not going to make a three point shot if she doesn't get a good pass from a teammate or, you know, Sophia is not going to finish under the basket for a layup if she doesn't get the, the pass that she needs and the ball fake ahead of time or, you know, just getting the girls to understand that every role in the team is important, whether you are the shooter, the scorer, the, the passer, the screener, the girl that just plays defense on everybody's best player. You know, that was Sophia for us. All right. So if you got to play the, the guard over here, oh, so if now you're going to play a post player, you know, like whatever, just just having everybody know a role and, and how they best contribute to the team. So, you know, thinking about your season, you know, would you say that it was a success? And if you did, what are you most proud of this year? I would say it was a success. I feel like we came together as a team. Um, we were 11 and four. Um, and I, I, I feel like just, just getting through it healthy. I feel like this year, our team, we have a smart team. Like, I feel like I was able to throw a lot at them in a short amount of time. Like I was saying earlier, we, we played more variety of defenses than we've ever played. We had a ton of different plays that we threw in to just try to combat different situations we were coming up against. And the girls, they're, they're smart. They're focused. Um, you know, if I tell them, you need to watch huddle and watch whatever game that we just played or we're getting ready to play. You know, I made some, put some clips together, make sure you watch them. The next day at practice, these girls would be like, Oh yeah, this girl likes to, to turn left every time. Or this girl likes, you know, like they worked hard for it. They um, benefited from prepping for games. And, um, and I think that's something for them to learn. You know, you don't, you don't prep like that for, at least I didn't growing up, you know, until high school. And as a coach, I put a lot of time into scouting other teams that we're going to play and trying to come up with the best plan that we can um, to be successful against them. And I feel like the girls buy into it and, um, and put the work into, they, they know that it's going to help them um, be successful against that team. Definitely. So we're getting ready to um, get to the end of the podcast. And typically this is a time where I would kind of, you know, ask coaches, you know, what they thought about, you know, how, how can we, you know, grow the game and um, get more fans out there and, and get more recognition as a community? Because 
you know, it just seems like, you know, in my opinion, um, you know, the North teams, the short teams, um, they're in really competitive conferences. Um, the newspapers that write are, are, that are big, big time are up in that area. So they're constantly getting recognition where I feel sometimes, you know, South Jersey doesn't get the recognition it deserves. You know, if you look at the top 10 or top 20, excuse me, for NJ.com, there was at one point, the most was three teams. It was Cherokee, Paul to six, and Haddonfield made it at one point. Uh, and I think, I think Middle Township scooted scoot in at the end. Uh, but three teams out of seven, out of 20. So we're not really that well represented. You know, what can we do to get some more exposure? Well, I think you're doing a great job. Uh, I, I want to thank you for that. I think um, what you're doing is awesome. And I think, you know, putting things out there just like this, like your podcasts, um, I think social media can play a huge role. Um, so sharing out your, your podcasts, you know, Mike Hallahan with um, the SJIBT does an awesome job with his top 20 teams, coach of the coach of the week, players of the week. You know, I just think celebrating each other is important. You know, um, I think like coming together and, and just any successes that we have in South Jersey, I think it's great. And you see it, like you see people, uh, a coach post something and then another coach like say congrats or that's awesome. You know, like, I think we need to, to sh celebrate each other. And um, I think social media is a good way to do it. You know um, we've been having the same conversations at Clearview, you know, how do we get more fans to come to the girls games? You know, it always seems like the boys games are packed. How do we get them to the girls games? So just brainstorming ideas, you know, obviously things changed this year with COVID, but we had the, like the idea of doing girl boy double headers, you know, just to get people to, maybe they even see just half of the girls game and they're like, oh, wow, like they're pretty good. Like, you know, um, but we do, we do like a pioneer of the game um, and share that out on social media to just celebrate the girls and what they're doing. And then, you know, they get excited about it and they share it out and their family members and, AAU coaches or whatever, you know, see it too. So I think that's, that's a big part. So, you know, you, you mentioned that one of your girlfriends, uh, your, your teammates from back in the day used to have a, a scrapbook. Mm -hmm. And I know I distinctly remember that's how anybody did anything back. You know, when I was a kid is you'd go to the newspaper and you'd yeah. you know, clip out the articles and it was like, you'd have to read about it. And now in the age of social media, everything's digital. Yeah. Um, you know, how, I guess, how do we get back to, you know, getting more stuff that's tangible, that's in print um, for our girls? Because I think that's something that's cool. Like seeing it online is one thing, but actually holding in your hands and uh, reading about it is just a different experience. I mean, do you agree? I, I definitely agree. I mean, I know when, from when I was in high school, I still have like framed articles from when I play, you know, my mom got it framed for me and just, it, it is neat to see your, your name or your face in the newspaper. Um, so I, I agree. I mean, the, the digital aspect of it makes it easier to share. Um, but it is pretty cool to have the print version of it, um, you know, in your hands, like you said. Well, you mentioned social media. So what do you have a Twitter account for your team? And do you have anything else? We do Twitter and Instagram. Um, I think the Instagram is more for the kids. I feel like um, it gets the students, you know, at Clearview are more apt to be on the in Instagram. So I feel like that 
um, is, was one of our goals this year to reach out to those kids, to get them to come to games in the future and, and see how their friends are doing. And, you know, it, it's, it's fun to see the interactions with the girls and, um, their friends and family. Um, but Twitter is also huge. I think Twitter, um, is important for the girls who want to move on and play in college. It seems to be a way for college coaches to get in contact with them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, I think we, we utilize Twitter. Uh, we also utilize Facebook, but Instagram is something I think that, you know, you're hitting on that we, I think everybody should, you know, be posting. If you're posting one place, you might as well just post all three and then and that's you know, a, that's easy, post lots of pictures, post lots of information. It's all about the kids. It's all about celebrating, you know, their accomplishments and achievements, which is just fantastic. So my, my last question to you is, you know, how are you connecting with the youth um, of your town? Because that's where your talent pool is coming from. So what are some things that you do um, with the rec kids or travel kids um, that are, you know, that go to, that are going to potentially go to Clearview? So that's one of the, that's always been a goal for me when I've gotten to Clearview is, you know, as a teacher, I know some of the kids in the area, you know, I teach fifth grade in Harrison Township. So some of the kids that I'm coaching now, I saw come through our school. Um, and it, it's a reminder to me to stay focused on the youth, the youth too, um, the youth leagues. So we, in a typical, typical non-COVID year, we would do youth clinics during the season where, you know, we'll have, we'll invite kids to come for the last hour of practice. Um, and we'll run through different drills and things with them free of charge, like just to get the kids there involved. And it really has been awesome to see because the kids love the high school players. Like they look up to them so much. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but Bella and Emma Steidel both always have braids in their hair when they play. And um, we had a clinic last year and it happened to be a girl that I had in class. Her mom sent me a picture of her daughter's team and they all had their hair braided just like Bella and Emma did. So like, I just feel like that building those relationships. And I can remember when I was a kid, look at going to a high school game and just being in awe of these girls. Um, and I, I, I think it's, it's great to give them that opportunity, you know? So we do the clinics, um, in the summer, we usually have a, uh, summer camp. Um, so I just think giving them the opportunity to connect with the high school players is motivation and like gives them the, I want to play with like her. I want to be able to do this move like she does, you know, and the high school kids love it too. The, the players just love the fact that they can share information with the kids and teach them something new. Yeah, so that's fantastic. You know, I think connecting with the community is just something that's important. I know every program does it, but I think even it's more important now than ever, just because you know, I feel like the kids lost, meaning the younger kids, excuse me, they, they lost a year of, or two of development. You know, there's some kids that my, my younger daughter has played with and they only play during the basketball season. Right. So if they didn't play this year, the next time they're going to, you know, theoretically touch a basketball is going to be next year. So it's going to be two years. So you really have that one year of they didn't really grow or develop or maybe their skills kind of came down. So I think that's important, you know, now to inspire these kids, give them more opportunities, uh, connect with them with these clinics. I mean, obviously with COVID now it's tough, but with, you know, outdoor courts and with some creativity, 
you know, maybe you will be able to, to do that more. And I think that the schools that are more successful in doing that are going to help their program in the long run. You're going to see that the next two, three, four years. Um, the towns that they're not able to connect or there's disconnect, I think it's going to be a challenge because they're going to be, you know, hurting for talent or they're going to have to just teach the kids on the fly as, as kids come up uh, into, into high school. So I just want to say congratulations. You know, you, you had a great year, um, you know, a lot of success. I mean, it's tough to have a young team. Uh, it, it's tough to like, even just like you said, play the 15 games, but you made it. Uh, I think you had a great experience with your team and I think everybody should be, you know, just happy and excited and, and looking forward to next year. So thank you so much. Yes, we definitely are. Thank you so much for doing everything that you are for South Jersey girls basketball too. And for having right. me. Thank you. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. All right. Okay. Bye-bye.